Yeah, we sit and watch hey, football, this is Bradley baseball, Weber. I'm the pastor of Relief City we like. Church, and this is our podcast. How much time I'm do we spend at work away from I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, this. gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God Christ. has created you to be. Now, let's jump right into today's message. How's our quiet time, our prayer life? How much time do we spend in God's Word? How much time do I spend at the dinner table talking to my 12-year-old about the situations he's going to face and the things that he's going to encounter on a school campus and the things that his friends are going to say? How much time do I spend talking to him about these things? Like I said when I started, you can write guilty across my forehead. That's why I'm talking to you about this today. Like I said, I don't think there's a single person in here that can't relate to what's going to be said today that I feel like is straight from God's heart. I believe that if Satan were to call a worldwide convention right now with his angels, this is what he would say to them. We can't keep Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from their conservative values, but we can do something else. We can keep them from forming an intimate, living experience in Christ. If they gain that connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to church. Let them live their conservative lifestyles, but steal their time so they can't gain experience in Jesus. He's going to say to his angels, here's how I want you to do this. Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintaining the vital connection that they need throughout their day. So one of the angels might ask, how would we do this? Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent numerous schemes to occupy their minds. Tempt them to spend, 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 and then borrow, borrow, borrow. Convince the wives and the husbands to work six or seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day. Let them focus on their work so that they can feed their lifestyles. Keep them from spending time with their children. And as their families fragment, Soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of life. that sound like us today? I'm not done. Overstimulate their minds so that they can't hear that still small voice. Entice them to go on social media and read about what everyone else is doing and what everyone else is buying. Entice them to engage in controversial conversations so it creates discord among friends. Let them begin to compare themselves to everyone else. Let them play the radio whenever they drive. Keep the television on constantly in their homes. And see to it that every store and restaurant in the world plays music constantly. Let this jam their minds and break that union with Christ. Fill their coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with 24 hours of news a day and invade their driving with billboards. Flood their mailboxes with junk mail, sweepstakes, vacations, mail order catalogs and every kind of newsletter and promotional offering, free products, services, and false hopes. Even when they go to have fun, let them be excessive. Have them return from it exhausted and unprepared for the coming week. Don't let them go out in nature and enjoy the quietness. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, concerts, movies instead. And when they meet their spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossiping and small talk. So that when they leave, they leave their consciences unsettled and their emotions stirred. Sounds right, right? 
let, even let them be involved in soul winning, but crowd their lives with so many good causes that they have no time to seek power from Christ. Soon they will be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and family unity for the good, for the good of the cause. That sound about right? Because I don't know about you guys, but even from a young age, even before my saved days, when I felt Christ knocking on my door, trying to rescue me from the direction I was heading in, I didn't need God. I didn't need him. Or at least I felt like I didn't. 4.0 student, pretty good sports ability, pretty athletic, not the, not the baddest looking thing on the world. I didn't need God. That's why that last little bit right there strikes me. Because we will begin to do anything in our own strength. Which is why the last month of my life has been one of the toughest that I've gone through. For those of you that aren't aware, I've left patrol after 10 years or so on the road. And I've become a school resource officer. Not in my comfort zone. I'm good with kids. Love kids. But there's, there's something that humbles you about leaving patrol and going to school resource because that division, and it's, it's not just our agency, it's that division in general, not so much anymore, but still, yes, is looked at like that's where the lazy cops go. That's where the retired, the guys that are ready for retirement, that's where they go to chill out at the school all day. They don't have to be on the road on patrol. I say not so much anymore because there's been 27 school shootings just this year alone. That's more already than 2021. So not so much anymore, but it is still looked at as that division. Here's our anchor verse, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Jesus says in the message translation, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Is that not good? And that just soothes your mind right there from all of that stuff that I just read about the enemy's tactics. So, I just want to touch on me a little bit going forward in, in this message to tell you about me. I didn't grow up in a household with the right priorities. I wasn't taught God first and then your family and then your job. My dad is one of those hardcore dudes that I don't remember anything from my, friend, uh, my, my young, young child life with him except for working. I tell Bryson all the time, man, you got it made because my summers was not video games. My summers was a, a John Deere tractor in a cornfield in the heat, working. There is never since the seventh grade when I was 11 years old been a day in my life that I haven't been unemployed. Never. Because that's what was instilled in me as a young child, was you provide for your family. I can count, I've played probably close to a thousand baseball games in my life, and I can count on one hand how many times my dad came to the baseball field. But he taught me to be a provider for my family. <clears throat> so never has work been an issue for me. But it's not at the top of our priority list. It's not. 
Pastor Ron Edmondson says, busyness is one of the primary ways the enemy attacks the church. He loves to distract churchgoers with a plethora of activities that produces little results in kingdom building. Pastor Adrian Rogers said, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Busy is a tool that Satan uses to get us off track and steal our time. Sometimes it doesn't take blatant sin to rob us of what God has for us. Sometimes we miss it because we overwhelm our lives with busyness. Y'all good so far? We good? Just to give y'all a little statistic. So I found a poll that was conducted in March of 2021 that says 84% of Americans feel stressed, while 60% say they feel tired every day. 51% say they feel depressed, while their average time on social media per day is 2 hours and 27 minutes. That's the average. So some of them are higher than that. Higher. And I'm not shooting all that stuff down, and I'm not saying it can't be used for a good purpose, but I'm saying we got to find a balance. We got to find a balance, and I'm going to get into some deeper stuff in just a minute as it pertains to balance. But we can't be heavy on one side and light on the other. Psalm 46:10 says, "Be still and know that I'm God." Just be still. I'm not saying that you have to stand there and not do anything at all, but be still and be quiet in your heart. Take a second sometimes to think about that balance and where am I at in that and self-evaluate where you are. I put this in here. Turn down the radio so I can see better. <laughs> Anybody ever been there before? You're in an area you're not familiar with. You got the radio going. You're on your way to vacation or something. You get in some heavy traffic. Man, I got to turn that thing down so I can see better. When we inundate our brains with so much noise and so much activity, you can't process. You can't process a simple function. We drive everywhere we go. That's a simple function. But man, when that radio's blaring and people are talking to us, turn that thing down so I can see. It's the truth. How many of y'all ever done that before? There's more of y'all than got phones. Look at there. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be well balanced and always alert. Because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For those of you taking notes, 1 Peter 5.8 was that one. Because see, we get in this pattern of push, 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 and go, 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 and that's me. I've been telling you all that the last several Sundays. Law and business, law enforcement, coaching ball, commissioner of a baseball league. She works shift work. We got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Push, push, push. Go, go, go. I built my own house. It took me almost three years to do it. I had just very few people that helped me. But I did all of that on top of building a house. And I'll get into more of it later, but I almost killed myself and I almost killed my marriage. When we push like that, we don't take the time and we miss out on, God, what am I supposed to be doing with my life right now? Because it becomes all about us. That last line said, let them go out and do good deeds. I, I think all of that's probably pretty good deeds. Commissioner, baseball coach, law enforcement, like that's good. Building your own house, all that's good. But you can kill yourself for the good of the cause. 
if you don't stay balanced. You don't have time for, God, help me be a better husband. Help me be a better daddy. Help me be a better friend. Help me be a better light for you. Because there was a time I was so, I went, I went to patrol. I, I went to work at night to relax. Because I was so tired from everything that I was doing outside of work. Go to patrol, love night shift. Because I could chill. Like, that was quiet time. We complain about our, and this is me right here, this is me. We complain about our busyness, but I justify it to her as I need to do this. This is necessary. I need to cut all these yards, and I need to work on our house until midnight and get back up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go do one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. I need to do this. Do we really? No. See, the enemy puts everything on display. This is, this Bradley told me this, and I thought it was awesome. The enemy puts everything on display that is not a true priority with the label of do this and do that, when in reality, the things that God, the things that God says are important don't get our true attention or our time. Man, we're all about going out and doing all that stuff that I just named. All about it. But what about reading the Bible? Talking to our kids, eating dinner with your family at the table at night. What about all that? So, I just kind of gave my message away. How do we combat this? How do we combat this lifestyle of push, 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 and go, go, go? How do we combat that and do it the way that we're supposed to do it? Because there's scriptures all throughout the Bible that if we delight ourselves in Him, He'll give us the desires of our heart. I got, I got a toy wish list too. I got an old boat I'd like to sell, and I'd like to buy a brand new one. I need a buggy to drive my family around. We live on 15 acres, and I got 30 beside me that's dad's and 15 beside me on the other side. That's my, my sister's. We can go. We live on a huge farm. There's nothing but Murray Tillis's land around us, and him and dad went to school together. We can go anywhere we want to go, so I need a buggy. He'll give us all of those things if we do it the way we're supposed to do it. Or we can go out and push, 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 and go, 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 and we probably can get it, but we may not have a family to ride around when we're done. So number one, and I labeled it number one because it is the most important. We read God's word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where our spirit and our soul dwell. It'll split the bone and the marrow. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. Can, it, can anyone in here relate to me when I say that when I first got saved, I was all in God's word, listening to sermons on television, like on fire for God. But somewhere during that ride, we started to slide. And even still to this day, I want to get back there so bad, but it's so hard because I was single. I didn't have children. Well, he, I, did, I had Bryson, but he was young, young. So I had more time on my hands, and I didn't feel the need to push, 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 and go, go, go. And man, if I could get back to that place, I pray all the time, God, take me back to that place when I was new 
Bradley sings that song up there, the new one that I love from the Belonging Company. You didn't bring me this far? And it talks about, there's one of the lines in that song that talks about when he was young, how God's love was so real. Man, I was just on fire. And I want to get back to that place. I told you all this message is right where I'm walking right now. It's right what I'm going through right now. See, we look at the Bible like I, I did, I do sometimes, like it's this, this epic log, you know, and everything's got to be just right to read it, you know, and I got, I got to be just right. But the truth of the matter is, is it's a daily playbook for us. Man, if I'm feeling aggravated or something, it, there's something in there for me. If I'm feeling depressed or I'm, I'm mad or I'm anxious about something, man, there's stuff in there. It's, it's a daily playbook. It's not something that you pick up and read. I, I like military books. The Lone Survivor book is one of the greatest books I've ever read. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's about a, about a Navy SEAL. I, I preached on it a while back. But it's about a, a Navy SEAL that went on a mission. He's the only survivor. His three, his three brothers were killed. The, the operation went bad. But... The Bible's not something that you pick up and read casually like that. It should be something that we pick up every day. Something that's mandatory, whether it's 15 minutes before bed or we get up 15 minutes early and don't pick our phone up, but we pick our Bible up and we read for 15 minutes and say, God, you're number one today. Take me where I'm supposed to go and lead me where I'm supposed to be and let me do what I'm supposed to do for you. And I'm telling you, you will feel so much better so much better. So another research was conducted and a poll was taken. More than, this was disturbing, more than half of Americans have read little to none of the Bible. Think about that. That's how our country is where it's at today. That's how someone can go into a school and kill elementary school aged children in cold blood because they have no knowledge of the Bible or Christ whatsoever. We were, I've been at a training conference all week in Orlando that's, gone, that's broke these school shootings down and videos. You don't want to see them. You don't want to see them. Even countries that drag people out in the street and shoot someone between their eyes for various crimes have zero school shootings. Zero. What sense does that make? That we will drag some, they will drag somebody in the street and shoot them for raping a girl. Shoot them right there in front of their family and everyone. But yet they have zero school shootings in the history of their countries. But yet in America, 27 school shootings in seven months. 86 people have been killed or injured. I think 23. 23 of those are children. There's probably, it's probably more. It's probably more. Two, two, of the, two out of three of the most deadly mass shootings in our country is at an elementary school. An elementary school. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. Two out of the three. Less than a quarter have any kind of systematic plan for reading the Bible on a daily basis. About 17% will flip it open and find a random passage of Scripture when they need it. You think about that. 
Why are we so gung-ho to do stuff that doesn't matter or that we can do later, but we won't do the very thing that brings us closer to God? How to be more like Him. How to be a better husband and a daddy. Why is that? It's the enemy's scheme. So within that same number one, I've got seven sub-points of why we should read the Bible and scriptures that tell us why we should read the Bible. I'm not going to read all those scriptures because I want to get you all out of here in good time. And I think I'm on track to do that. Number one is reading the Bible shows us God's character. The Bible is our definitive source for the answers to our questions about God. That's Hebrews 1 through 3. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, sorry. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Subpoint number two, reading the Bible teaches us to imitate God. That's Ephesians 5, 1. Reading the Bible helps us discover, this is number three, reading the Bible helps us discover our next step. Psalm 119, 105. I don't have it wrote down, but I know that one. That's, you're a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. That's Psalm 119, 105. One of my favorite scriptures. Number four, reading the Bible keeps us from sin. I have your word stored within my heart so that I might not sin against you. That's Psalm 119, 11. Number five is reading the Bible helps us to renew our minds so that we can know God's will. If we don't know God's will for our lives, what are we supposed to do? I didn't want to go to school resource for the longest time. When I first went to patrol, Max Long would call, the lieutenant over, over the community resource division, the school resource officers would call me once a week, no lie, and want me to go fill in at a school. And I would, I would go fill in for him when he was short because I needed the money because I was push, 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 push. But I told him never. I ain't never put my letter in to go to school resource. Man, you got to give your patrol car up Go get in some older patrol car because they know you ain't, you're not out there patrolling 12 hours. You're driving to the school, you're at the school, and then you're driving back home. I'm like, please. Let me just tell you, when I, when I switched about a month ago, she knows. I had to give up my 2022 Ford Explorer with 25,000 miles on it, hybrid. I mean, just lights. Thing had, it would light up like a Christmas tree. All right, that stuff's cool to law enforcement officers. Like, the more lights your car has, that's where it's at, all right? You want every light that thing can have on it. For a 2011 Dodge Charger with over 100,000 miles on it. Man, my windows are tinted in my Explorer. I'm like in a fishbowl. That thing idles. It sounds like stuff's knocking and shaking. And I don't even like to leave that thing running in front of people. I pulled up at training and shut that thing off as fast as I could. Shh. But when it's God's will, it's God's will. And if you don't follow God's will and you get out from under his wing and you get out from under his blessing, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. My wife and I have been going here since we were all the way out at Calvary Worship Center and it wasn't as big as a quarter of this room. Maybe from me to that pole, to that pole, to the corner, right here, right here. And we have watched couple after couple 
people after people walk out of the church when it wasn't God's will for them and they're not together anymore. So be careful. I'm not frightening you into staying here. If God's calling you somewhere else, and that's where you're supposed to be. But if God's calling you to stay here, you better stay. Because it's dangerous waters. Stay in God's will. Number six, still the subpoint. Reading the Bible allows us to be certain of what God said. The Bible is our final authority. There is few things that are more powerful than a made-up mind. Few. If any, when you have your mind made up and that is it, that is the final word. When the Bible is that for us, that even the enemy said it in his tactic to his angels, we can't take away their values. We're just going to make them busy. The power of a made up mind. Number seven, reading the Bible allows us to hear the desires of our heart. Reading the Bible allows us to receive the desires of our heart. I just said that a minute ago. He wants to bless us. When I come up here and do tithes and offerings, that's what I'm trying to say every time just in a different way. Is He wants to bless us and give us everything that we want. But if money controls us, He's not going to give you enough money to corrupt you. Okay? The devil doesn't have an issue with Eminem or whoever. He don't, it, the devil don't have an issue with them being rich because it's all about them. But if one of us get rich, it's going to affect the kingdom. And he's real concerned about that. He doesn't want Adam Hires. What's the, what's the lottery right now? Like seven? I don't play it. 660 million? 790. Do you think he wants $790 million in Andy Gay's hands? Do you think he wants that? No, no, but somebody that's going to go buy 10 houses and own Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all that stuff ain't affecting the kingdom. That's about you. But to go build a church, very concerned about that. God wants you to have all of this. And that's why I I get up there. I, I love to do tithes because me and her have walked in it. From the moment we, I was already tithing. When we got together, I told her, this is, this is where this amount of money goes, and it will be like that if he never does anything else for me because he's brought me this far. And when you do that, you're dangerous because now he can give you more, and he can give you more, and he can give you more. I'm making more money at the sheriff's office than I ever thought would be possible to make in Levy County. They, I mean, yes, it's Governor DeSantis and... It's, it's Bobby McCallum, and it's all of those guys, but it's God. God puts people in the right positions to bless you. It says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has infinite ways to bless you and give you exactly what you need, and it ain't got to be just money. All the money in the world won't make you happy if you got cancer and you're going to die anyways. So it ain't always money that he gives. Number two, this is the second big point, not a sub-point anymore. Number one was reading the Bible. That's how we combat all of the statistics and stats and busyness. Number one was we read God's Word. Number two, we have family devotions. How many of y'all were here for Dennis Weber and remember how much he talked about family devotions? 
If Joshua, Kenneth, or Brittany, or Bradley were here right now, family devotions were mandatory in Dennis Weber's household. Without exception. Without exception. And it doesn't have to be something that's long. 15 minutes of time around the table. He used to stress it all the time. But when I wrote this point down, I put myself in that position because I'm going to be completely honest with you. That's not something that we've done on a consistent basis. Very little. Very little. But she checked the tracking on my, devo my family devotions book that I ordered while I was in Orlando, and it's in Jacksonville. It was yesterday at 6 o'clock. Hopefully it's closer. It's something that I'm going to start. Let me say that to say this. Because I'm talking to the men. And if a woman is here that doesn't have a man in the household, I'm talking to mom. If you're not comfortable with your relationship in God, you're not comfortable sitting in front of your family talking about God. I'm not. I got to get right first before I can talk to her because she might be reading more than I am. So what business do I have up there running a family devotion at our table for a few minutes when she should be running it? But God doesn't put that responsibility on her. He puts it on me. He puts it on me. So I got to fix it. I told you, guilty, every box, this is me right now. I don't want y'all to stand up here think, thinking that I'm talking about I'm perfect. No, I have failed at this. This is a tough one for me to stand up here and preach on, but I can preach on it because I know I'm going through it, and I know where I need to be, and I know where I'm not. Amen? couple sub-points for family devotions. Number one, family devotions builds up each individual and establishes a sense of unity and direction within families. This right here, in my personal opinion, this is my personal opinion, is one of the main reasons our country is failing. I didn't have a dad in my house reading me family devotions. Thank God for a mother that was the spiritual head of our household that took me to church even when I didn't want to go, so that when I had a child out of wedlock and it failed and my greatest desire in life was to be a good husband and to be a good daddy, but I didn't know how to be because I had never been in church before, thank God I had the seed from a mother that took me to church from time to time to fall back on. Because some of you in here know my father, but if you don't, he is a big alcoholic, big I've been subject to guns pulled on me, knives pulled on me, watching my mother get beat. Okay, I'm not trying to expose my dad. I'm just telling you where I came from because we can all make excuses about why we're not where we want to be. We can all do it. But it was for my mother that took me to church that I fell back on God and I didn't fall on alcohol or I didn't fall on marijuana or methamphetamines or heroin or everything that you can find out there now. Every kid in school's got a vape in their pocket. If you didn't know that, there you go. And there ain't no telling what's in it. A kid just died because he thought he had CBD oil in it and some kid had put fentanyl in it and it killed him. Number two, subpoint: Being intentional about a devotional time and developing a family culture around that habit is important. Being intentional about a devotional time and developing a family culture around that habit is important. 
I want to instill in Bryson and my two girls that having family devotions is important. Number three, sub-point. Family devotions can initiate deep relationships with children and expand opportunities to pray with and for them. When I first got saved, it was because I was at rock bottom. I didn't know God was going to incorporate my, my testimony in this, but he is. I was at rock bottom because, like I said, I didn't have a dad. It, it broke my heart that my dad wasn't at my baseball games because I was a pretty good baseball player. I will give myself a little bit of credit. I was a pretty good baseball player. He wasn't at, the, he wasn't at them. I can remember, I remember three, and there may be one or two that I'm forgetting, but I remember three where he was there. So growing up, my greatest desire, my greatest passion was to be a good husband and to be a good dad to my children. But just because that's your desire doesn't mean the devil won't use it against you. Because when I was with his mom, yes, that was my desire, but I didn't know how to be. So thank God for Travis Moody, my brother-in-law. He's a pastor at Union Baptist Church. Some of you in here know him. Thank God for him that when I got saved... I was heartbroken because me and his mother had broke up and I was with them almost around the clock because I didn't want to be by myself. It's not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone when you're hurting, but be around the right people because you're very vulnerable when you're hurting. But he taught me how to be a husband. He taught me how to be a dad. He taught me how to pray in front of your children, how to pray for your wife when she leaves. It's something we do all the time is pray for our protection. But if you don't have somebody to show you that, or you don't teach your children that, how are they going to know that when they get older? Because the world's not teaching them that. Number four, while it might require a shift in the way your family spends their time, scheduling family devotions can yield eternal dividends in a family's spiritual growth and legacy. As I was preparing this message, I thought about everything Bradley's been saying about legacy. And this message kind of tags right along with legacy. You can't live a life that's going to leave a legacy unless you do these things right here. That's why Dennis Weber left a legacy, because he read his Bible. He had family devotions. I'm getting into some other stuff. He took care of his body. He made sure he got adequate sleep. I used to make fun of him all the time at school when I was a student, because that joker went to bed with the chickens. He was out. It wasn't even dark outside yet. He was out. And showed up at the gym at 5.30 every morning. The morning before he passed, he was at the gym. The morning of. James 1.25. James 1, verse 25. But those who set their gaze deeply into perfecting the law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. Talking about family devotions. This is not in the Bible, but I want to stress something that I have found to be extremely important. Family meals. Family meals. I got one amen. You can, I'm getting there. <laughs> Guys, you can push, push, push and go, go, go all day. But making that family meal... My 12-year-old sits right there, and I give him a fit. 
because I had to grow up. My, my parents split when I was nine. I had to grow up. I was the man of the house at nine years old. Laundry, supper, dishes, vacuuming, cleaning up the house. My mom was an RN, so she left for Shans at 6 o'clock and got home about 8.30, tired. It was just me and her. My, my brother and sister were grown. They were gone. I get on to him all the time because he doesn't know how good he has it. But I want him to be able to be a kid because I didn't have that opportunity. I had to grow up. Nine years old, I had to grow up. So I want him to be able to play during the summer. And I want him to be able to go and have fun and stay with friends while I was out on a tractor in a cornfield working with dad all summer. If I wasn't at mom's being the man of the house, I was with dad being a man out there in the cornfield. There, there was no in-between. If I wanted to play video games, it was for a little while when I got home that night at dark, because that's how farmers live. It's dark. For just a little while, because I knew I had to get up at daylight. So we get on to him all the time about, hey, can you take the garbage out? Hey, can you clean your room? Hey, can you take your dirty laundry in there to Sarah so she can do your clothes so you have something where you want to put on your stank behind? I walk into his room sometimes like, boys, right? Boys, boys. It's the truth. But I'm here to tell you, when he knows that Sarah's cooking and daddy's going to be home, he will shut Call of Duty off and get in there and he will pour all of us drinks. He will set the plate at the table for all of us, make our plates, napkins. I mean like a restaurant. It's important. It's important. We've never, I don't, we don't tell him. I missed that part. We, I don't tell him to do that. No, he stops on his own when he knows it's family meal time and he's ready for family time. That's pretty cool. So the goal in family devotions is to raise our children who remain devoted to God as adults. Our desire should be to raise our children to use prayer, God's word, have a solid core of family, friends, and church in their community to guide their decision-making and their life goals and their relationships. Because I'm here to tell you, if we don't do it, kids at the school will. The news will. Teachers will. And I got news for you. They ain't all like Miss Susie. All teachers are not like Miss Susie. So if you don't teach them, somebody else will teach them for you. Daddies. Proverbs 22.6 says, Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Sure, we, I wanted to touch on this more. We can all be better managers of our time. We can all be better managers. Dennis Weber was a manager of time. That dude could manage so many things in an eight-hour day and be where he was supposed to be on time every time. Because Dennis Weber was my football coach for many years, and if you weren't early, you were late. And you were about to be hovering over a garbage can because you were late to practice. I promise you. So yes, we can all be better managers of time. But the point I'm trying to get to here 
is it's a priority issue. It's a priority issue. It's not that we can't really manage, some of us, yes, like I said, we all can manage time better. But if our priorities aren't right, because I can assure you, whatever your priority is, you're going to make time for it. I do. If, if something is a priority to you, you're going to make time for that priority. So it's really not that we can't manage time, it's that our priorities aren't right. Bradley told me, this is one of these messages, you're either going to get a lot of amens or they're going to be checked out and whatever they're doing after church. And I get a feel for it, but I don't care. Because this message can change your life. I, listen, I worked the streets. No, it did. I can be bold and not get any response. It doesn't matter. I can get cussed out by somebody and just smile. Because when I'm there in that badge, I'm in control. So this is a little bit tough. and I'm, I know I might be stepping on a few toes, but this is where I'm at in my life. And I promise you, if we can grab a hold to this stuff, it'll change your children and your children's children. Priorities. And I'm going to step on some toes right here. Number one is God. Priority number one. And I'm not up here saying you have to spend more time reading than you do at work or that you do at the dinner table. I'm not saying that, but he should be number one. One thing I can say about myself, despite all my failures and all of this stuff, when I was in a patrol car, and maybe that's why he wanted me to do it for a living, I talked to him all day. Because you don't know if that next house, somebody's going to come out of that front door and try to kill you. You don't know where people are at anymore. The old policing, I'm the good guy, you're the bad guy, my job's to catch you, your job is to run or over. They will kill you over a gram of marijuana right now and don't care that you're a husband or that you're a daddy or that you are a friend to many. They don't care. They don't care. There are people out there that are scheming right now of how to go kill children in a school. It's all over social media. There were so many TikTok challenges last year that we got the automated messages from the school board about TikTok challenge. Who can grab a teacher's butt today or who can punch a kid in the face today? All kinds of stuff going around. All that stuff's going around. Number two is family. I'm going to step on the toe right here. So, phonetic alphabet in patrol is alpha, bravo, right? A, B. Alpha, bravo. 2A. 2A is your wife. 2 alpha is your wife. 2 bravo is your kids. <sighs> Come on. Don't shout me down right here. Don't shout me down. Two alpha is your wife, and I'm going to tell you why this ain't Adam, this is God. But a lot of us and a lot of people out there get this backwards. I got a question. If it wasn't for her, how would... If it wasn't for your significant other, how would they be here? How? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. Mark 10, 8 through 10 
says, And the husband and wife will be joined together as one flesh, and after that they no longer exist as two, but one. But one. There are so many people out there on the streets that will tell you quick, fast, and in a hurry that they will punch their significant other right in their nose over their children. I'm here to tell you today that's backwards. That's backwards. I ain't saying you got to punch your kids in the face, okay? I ain't saying that. Don't do that while I'm in here. Don't do that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying on the priority list, your spouse should come before your children. And it even tells you right at the beginning of the book, Genesis 2, 24. For this reason, a man, talking about both, a man and woman, shall leave their mother and their father and be joined to their, it says wife in this, but it's husband or wife, and they shall become one flesh. Your children are going to leave your house one day, and what else are you going to have? Your significant other. Because your children are going to go do their thing one day, and they're going to walk out that door. There's some in here that can tell you that. I'm not there yet. If I don't keep it tight and I don't keep it right with her, there won't be no more of her or me or us. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, even though we get along really good, some people know we get along really good and we work together and we go to his stuff together, there's heartache right there. If I start talking about this too much, he will get, he will get upset. And I don't want to do that. I'm not trying to do that. But I'm here to tell you that as beautiful as it can be, when it's not done God's way, it's a mess. How many, how many in here were raised with their real mother and their real daddy in the house? Okay. Half. I'm here to tell you now, at the elementary school level, the kids that have their mother and their father, the real ones, in their home are the minority. They're the minority. Because now it's, let me take my toothbrush and go put it over here in someone else's cup because I'm upset or because you did something that offended me. That was just to back up that your wife comes first. Because you can destroy them. You don't understand, and that is family devotions I said was one of the top. Divorce is one of the top reasons why our country is where it is right now. And like I said, I'm not up here trying to convict anybody that's had a divorce or that's had a child out of wedlock because there he is right there. And I'm doing the absolute best that I can as his dad and she's doing the absolute best that she can as his mother to get him through that in the best way that we can. But I'm here to tell you there's heartache that's carried right there because of my decisions. And there's nothing that I can do to completely fix that. Because that's not how God has designed it. Number three, taking care of our bodies. Taking care of our bodies. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm almost done. Sometimes when I do the opposite of the way I feel, then I feel the opposite of the way I felt. So I hadn't worked out in a, oh man, I'm confessing everything to you guys. I know it doesn't make sense. Dangerous job. You should be in shape, Adam. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I got you. 
sitting in a patrol car for 12 hours, all right, does not keep you in good shape, okay? Sorry. So when I just went down to the training, my roommate is a gym rat. <laughs> and we're on the SWAT team together. So, of course, as soon as he found out we were roommates, because he's a school resource officer too, we're going to the gym at 6 o'clock every morning, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That first morning, I did not want to get up and go to the gym. And I, I used to be right, all right? I used to be right. When I got out of the police academy, it was good, okay? I got the dad bod going on a little bit. I didn't want to go in there around all them big guys. I mean, y'all know how some cops are. They live in the gym. These dudes are huge. And guess who is down there at 6 o'clock in the morning? All of those dudes. Those dudes are down there. But I did it. And after that whole week, was I sore when I got home this weekend? Yes. But did I feel good and kind of remember how it felt to be that guy that could run a mile and a half in six minutes? Yes. I remembered. Take care of your bodies. And even God is concerned about this. Even God is concerned about this. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Haven't you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, then, use your body to bring glory to God. How's that? And as a guy that used to be in shape, I'm here to tell you, it don't happen overnight. I didn't see it myself, but I found it very funny. Was I at training? You don't know where I'm going? She called me and told, I've been, I've been like a high schooler the last month, okay? I'm living in class because there's a lot that goes into being a school resource officer. Big difference between patrol guy and school resource officer. Patrol guys put their hands on people when they don't do what you tell them to do. School resource officers don't put their hands on kids when they don't do what a teacher tells them to do. Two different worlds. Two different. So anyway, Sarah calls me and tells me that Bryson, because I've been talking to him like, hey, you want to be a great baseball player, you got to be doing stuff when everybody else is at home playing video games. Like, you got to be swinging a bat. You got to be lifting weights. Okay, you got to stay in shape. So she tells me that he started doing some sit-ups at the house. And he hit it hard for how long? How long? A couple days? Three days. Three, he hit it hard. <laughs> hit it hard for three days. Looked at himself. Man, this junk don't work. <laughs> he ain't hit a lick since. None. <laughs> but we live in a microwave society. We want it right now. Man, I was in the gym for a week. I would kill myself trying to go out there and run a six-minute mile. Kill myself. So don't get caught up in that. It's a process. Another one, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 8. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is, a value, is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for life to come. 
So that, that scripture is more about godliness and, and how valuable, valuable, which is why it was number one, is for our life. But at the beginning, did Apostle Paul write Tim, Timothy? Yes, Apostle Paul. Even the Apostle Paul acknowledges back in the Old Testament before all this junk food that we live with now was, was there. Even he acknowledges while bodily training is of some value. I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've lost quite a bit of weight already. When I had heartburn and indigestion, that's a minor health problem. Minor. That's not even anything major. But it will mess you up. Man, I thought I was having a heart attack the first time that crap happened to me. I thought I was dying. Dying. We've got to take care of our bodies. Eat a healthy diet for the right reasons, not just for looks, but to be around longer for your spouse and for your children, to be able to enjoy retirement, and to be able to continue to serve in God's kingdom when your life slows down. I look at Miss Becky, and I'm, env- I'm envious. Hit retirement have more time. I'm envious of that. I want to get there one day where I can serve more. Yeah, I'm serving out there. I'm, I'm doing everything I can when I see somebody in need. But I want to get to a point where my life slows down and I can do everything that God wants me to do because I've got more time on my hands. Eating unhealthy leads to lethargy, feeling jittery, being moody, feeling weak, and that's just to name a few. And I feel like Dennis is jumping up and down, fist bumping me right now. Make sleep a priority. Sleep can have a serious impact on your overall health and well-being. Make a commitment to get enough sleep at night. If you haven't gotten adequate sleep, you may be less productive, less mentally sharp, and otherwise more prone to the effects of stress. We live in a stressful world. Stressful. And then number four, this is just a real quick one, is learn to say no. Learn to say no. She gets on to me all the time. Because when you're out there mowing some, I got a lawn business on the side if I didn't say that. When you're out there mowing an old lady's yard, more old ladies will come up, will you cut my grass? And I'm already booked out for the day, trying to make it home for a family meal. It is hard to say no. But going back to that scripture verse in Peter where it talks about being well balanced, we have to learn how to say no. There is no better targets of a favor to be asked than you guys. What do I mean by that? Who else does somebody want to ask to do them a favor but a Christian that's going to be faithful to the task, that's going to do it the right way? But learn to say no when you can say no. That's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. She's not good at it either, but I'm worse. (laughs) Learn to say no. In closing, is this message, any, any facet of it, reading the Bible, family devotions, taking better care of your bodies, learning to say no, has any, has any of this touched you in any kind of way? If it has, stand for me. I want to have Cole come pray over us. This is where I'm at, guys. This is the only way I know how to get up here and, and talk to you guys is something that I'm living, I've lived went through so I want to leave you with one challenge and I'm going to do it with you I started doing it last week even my wife I came home my wife was looking at me funny she's like 
I don't know whether to give you a compliment or start questioning what you did while you was gone. But I just, I got away, not got away, but I was just away for a week without her. Hated it. Hated every, felt like I was gone for a month. Away from my girls, videoing them, fighting back tears. I miss you, Daddy. When are you coming home? Just, But in a way, it was good for me because I was able to be quiet and listen. A lot of downtime at what God wants me to change about me so that it changes him and her. So here's the task. This week, keep a daily log. We all got phones of how much time we spend on each task every day. And after a week is over, you look at that. And with this in mind, think about how we can be better. If you only got one thing in here, one of these, or one thing wants you to change for the better, then I've accomplished what God wanted me to accomplish today. If you got one. So let's keep a log. And next weekend, when we got a little bit of time, Let's look at it and see where can we cut back and add more of these. What can we shave off? I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for coming without the Webers and a lot of people being gone. I love you guys and I hope you enjoyed it. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.